Hey y'all, it's Janice here, aka J Nice on the mic, and this is Dirty Diversity, a podcast on all things diversity, equity, and inclusion. This podcast is called Dirty Diversity because in this day and age, diversity has become sort of a dirty or bad word that causes a lot of knee-jerk and negative reactions. The goal of this podcast is to dissect diversity, or lack thereof, inside and outside of companies, and also to discuss current events around equity and inclusion, as well as discussing solutions for creating a more cohesive world and workplace. My name is Janice, aka J Nice on the mic. <laughs> that was and still is my moniker on YouTube. Some of you may know I started a YouTube channel almost 10 years ago to discuss topics around race and black identity, and it seemed to really resonate with my audience. I'm also a TEDx speaker, a professor, a diversity and inclusion consultant, and a writer with a PhD in organizational psychology. Welcome to Dirty Diversity, and thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to have you here with me. Hey y'all, Jay Nice on the mic for episode number five of Dirty Diversity. This episode will focus on how to support women in the workplace. So today is March. We are finally in March, y'all. Just FYI for, for those of you who don't know. Um, my birthday is this month. I am an Aries, so March 23rd is my B-Day. Uh, March is, um, of course, my favorite month, also because it is the month of spring. So the seasons are starting to change. I am not a winter person. I love my warm weather. So I'm really excited um, that the year is progressing and that we're finally starting to get a little bit of warmer weather here in the Northeast. So again, this episode is going to focus on how to support women in your workplace, whether you're a manager, a colleague, uh, someone who knows a woman. There are many things you can do inside and outside of the workplace to support us. So the first thing, well, actually, before we get into this episode, let me just say thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. first four episodes, I've gotten some really great reception. Um, If you could take just two seconds to, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just to rate this podcast so that other people, it helps other people to find the Dirty Diversity Podcast. So if you could just take Literally, it takes two seconds on Apple Podcasts. I wasn't a big raider before. I have podcasts that I love, but I didn't realize how easy it actually is to rate podcasts, especially if you use the um, podcast app. So if you could take just a minute or seconds to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you are listening on, it would mean the absolute world to me. Uh, What else do I have to tell you? I think that's it before we start the episode. So we are, again, now in March. And this week, we're going to focus on how you can support women in your workplace. So number one, pay us equitably. As Beyonce says, (laughs) give me my check. Put some respect on my check. 
you need to pay us equitably. I think that if you value, the, the best way to show that you value and appreciate someone, one of the best ways is to pay them equitably. Whatever a woman is doing in your workplace, she should get an equal and comparable salary as a man performing the same job with the same amount of experience. I'm sure we all know someone who has discovered that they are being paid inequitably. We probably all know women who've experienced that. Some of you listening may have experienced that yourself. Um, so I think one way to sort of combat this is transparent salaries. So I actually literally, like right before I started recording this, I saw an article on LinkedIn. I'll leave it in the show notes. And the article was talking about some company where uh, the CEO actually made a commitment to pay every single person in the company at least $70,000. And he took, as a CEO, he took a pay cut so that he could ensure that everyone in his company was being paid equitably. As you should know, some of you may know, some of you may not know, um, there is a behavioral economist named Daniel Kahneman or Kahneman, and he came out with this pivotal research where he and his researchers found that around the 70 to 75K uh, salary range, that is the amount of money that people need to make in order to be happy, I believe is what his research found. And I'm going to leave that in the show notes for you all if you want to read more about it and how he did his research. And so I think that what the CEO did is amazing. So I'll leave the BBC article and then Daniel Kahneman, Kahneman's research in the show notes. But you need to be paying people equitably, and I would encourage you to have transparent salaries. What having a transparent salary system does is, if I could just go and log on to the company's website and see how much everyone is making, it just puts everything out on the table. So if there's anyone that's not being paid fairly or equitably, everyone can see it. So you don't want to be paying people inequitably. So I think that transparent a transparent salary system will help you to just ensure that people are being paid equitably. Um, I really liked what that CEO did. I don't foresee a lot of CEOs being willing to take a pay cut. But I, it definitely does have really powerful and positive impacts on the employees. If I worked in a company where I knew that my CEO was taking a pay cut to ensure that we were all getting paid what he felt we deserved, that would make me more committed to my job, and that would make me have a really huge sense of pride in the company that I worked for. So transparent salaries. Uh, you, your company should also be performing frequent pay audits. So if you are not going to do the transparent, go the transparent salary route, you need to have someone conducting or a group of people conducting pay audits. And these are just periodic assessments of what everyone is getting paid. And, and this is to ensure that everyone is getting paid equitably. So Assessing how often you're conducting pay audits, it shouldn't be, in my opinion, it shouldn't be like once every few years. It should be multiple times during the year, maybe twice a year or so. Um, And then 
along with that, more of us women need to be talking about salary. And I've been trying to practice what I preach and I I share. Um, sometimes people reach out to me, particularly when it comes to figuring out my speaking rates. And women will reach out and say, I just started a career in speaking and they kind of beat around the bush. What I what I understand them to be asking is how much do you charge? What's a what's a good rate? And I'm super transparent and I'll tell them, you know, this is how much I charge and this is why I feel like I am worth this much much. And I think the more we talk about salary and how much we make, the the better we'll be able to really ensure that pay we're paying everyone equitably. Amongst my circle of friends, I make a practice to tell each of them how much I make. And I think that my circle of girlfriends, we pretty much, I would say, most of my girlfriends, we more or less know how much we each make. And that's super important, especially if you're in the same industry as someone. If you're a nurse and your friend is a nurse, you're working at different hospitals, you need to be talking about how much you make, even if you're not in the same industry. Because what someone in a different industry can do, particularly a girlfriend of yours, is maybe give you or offer you strategies to negotiate your pay. And I have a close friend who is a professor, another black female professor, and she was able to successfully negotiate her salary. She wrote this really powerful letter that explained why she's worth what it is that she was asking for, and they agreed to pay her what she was worth. If she hadn't wrote that letter, she probably, she definitely wouldn't have gotten that salary boost and salary increase. So I think she was able to increase her salary at least 20000 So more of us need to be talking about salary, and not just women. We need to just be trans- more transparent in our society. But what I find, and I'm sure what the research indicates, is that men are more open with talking about their salary than women. I think with women, there is a level of secrecy or shame around talking about money and maybe we learned from our parents that we're not supposed to talk about money and that's not something that we should be discussing but I am totally and a hundred percent transparent and I think that what that does is it helps us to again ensure that we're all being paid equitably more of us need to attend workshops on salary negotiation if any of you live in the um In the New York City area, there are a lot of workshops. If you search on Eventbrite, there are a lot of workshops on salary negotiation. I try to consume as much info about salary negotiation as I can because I definitely think I'm still learning. I don't think I'm perfect in that area, and I think that I could be better. Um, I also really love, so I started getting into this podcast called Speak Your Way to Cash. The host is a woman by the name of Ashley Kirkwood. And in one of the episodes, I just, she's, hers is one of the few podcasts I just binge listen to. There's not a lot of podcasts I can binge listen to, but uh, as I uh, shared with you all in the first episode, I actually prefer solo episodes of podcasts. If I really am vibing with the host of the podcast, I'm not a huge fan of like the guests coming on because I am listening to the podcast more than likely because I really like the host. So I prefer to hear what the host has to say versus um, bringing on guests. But 
Um, on Ashley's podcast, I really do enjoy her guests that she brings on. But um, on the Speaker Way to Cash podcast, she had a discussion, excuse me, on salary negotiation. And one of the things that she said that I thought was is um, I feel compelled to share with you all listening, and that my close friend, who's a female professor, found when she was negotiating her salary is one of the best ways to negotiate your salary is to make sure that you have another offer because this works as a really great tool for leverage. If you have a, another offer and that offer is significantly higher than what you are currently being paid, it is you may find that you have an easier time negotiating your salary. So more of us need to be negotiating our salaries. I think there's research that finds that men and women don't ask for more money at an equal rate. So I believe men are asking for higher salaries. Um, There is research, I know for a fact, and I'll put it in the show notes, that finds that men will apply for a job even if they don't have all of the qualifications, whereas women are less likely to apply for a job unless they feel they have every single qualification and check every single box. So We need to be more like the mediocre bobs out there who don't have all of the qualifications but are still applying for the job anyway. There's no harm in asking for a higher salary. There's no harm in trying. You just have to put yourself out there. And if you don't ask, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So I think more of us need to be negotiating our salaries, attending workshops and seminars, reading books on how to negotiate our salary, watching videos, so consuming all of the YouTube content. I am a YouTube junkie. Um, reading articles on salary negotiation and listening to podcasts on salary negotiation. So equip yourself with all the tools as a woman so that we're able to um, effectively negotiate our salaries. So number two, what you can do to support women in the workplace is listen to us. Uh, Part of that is amplifying our voices during meetings and conversations. There's research that indicates that women are talked over more during board meetings and um, meetings in general in the workplace. Um, Women are more likely to be interrupted, and I can leave that info in the show notes. Um, So if you notice this during a meeting, amplify our voices and cut in and say, well, Janice was saying that, or I really like Janice's idea of X, Y, Z. Our unconscious and implicit biases make us more likely to see men as experts and to find male voices more valuable. So it's really important that we are amplifying the voices of women within our workplaces. And even as women, we can do this amplification. Um, believe us, believe women when we share things with you, whether that is, um, whether that is, you know, we're sharing that there's been misconduct in the workplace. We're sharing a me too esque story. Believe women, believe us. Um, when we share and tell you things, maybe it's mistreatment or microaggressive behaviors, but believe women when we share things with you. Until information is proven, is shown to prove otherwise. So I think that the 
you, oftentimes it's um, you don't believe women until you're given a reason to. But I think that more leaders need to be advocates for women and be on the side of women and listening to us and listening to our stories. Also, making sure your company's frequently conducting surveys to assess what the different gender needs are. Don't assume that every single person in the workplace wants something, wants the same thing. I'm sorry. So making sure that you're assessing, excuse me, the different needs based on gender. So the third thing that you can do to support women in your workplace is offering us support guidance, and opportunities to grow and learn. So this could come in the form of mentorship opportunities. Look in your workplace and assess what opportunities your company provides for mentorship for women. If there's no opportunities, you need to establish a mentorship program. Um, Also looking at um, opportunities for sponsorship. So sponsorship, sponsors are individuals that will advocate for a person when they are not in the room. They are really um, fighting for your rights uh, within the workplace. So is there a sponsorship program? If there isn't, that's something you should think about establishing. And Sylvia Ann Hewlett had a book called Forget a Mentor, Find a Sponsor. And I mentioned this book, I believe in episode two or three, when I talked about audiobooks to help you... um, overcome racial and gender bias. And in that book, she talks about, she's like, yeah, mentorship is cool, but sponsorship is really, really impactful in a woman's career. Um, So that is super duper important. Um, Also, I would encourage anyone reading or listening to this, all the women out there to, if you haven't already, check out the book, Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office. Really insightful book um, about how, it's kind of lean in-esque, But it talks about, um, from the employee side, how women can really advocate for ourselves in the workplace and uh, finding mentors and and sponsors and et cetera, et cetera. Also, since we're on the note of talking about books, I feel like in every episode, I find an opportunity to mention my girl, Minda Hartz. So Minda Hartz has a book called The Memo, which uh, discusses the unique challenges and experiences of women of color in the workplace. So in addition to offering women support guidance and opportunities to grow and learn, it is critical to understand the impact of intersectionality and how women of color's um, combined uh, identities impact our experiences in the workplace. So how is my experience as a black female professor impact, you know, how does my experiences as a black female impact my experiences as a professor, for example? So um, you really want to not lump all women into one category, but Make sure that you are recognizing that for women of color, there are very unique experiences that we go through in the workplace. So offering us opportunities to share our experiences is really, really critical. And then um, as far as offering women support guidance and opportunities to grow and learn, the last thing I think companies should do in that regard is to offer women opportunities to connect with other women. This could be a women's mentoring group where junior employees are able to connect with senior employees. 
Um, this could be like networking events, like women who lunch or women who dine or whatever. So offering women opportunities to connect with other women is a really great way to have us as women forge bonds with other women so that we are able to really seek out the guidance and support that we need. The fourth thing that your company can do to support women in the workplace is um, assessing your policies, practices, and procedures. Ensuring that you offer competitive policies, for example, for women, a huge thing is maternity leave. How much, how many days off will I have for maternity leave? What is your maternity and paternity leave policies? Um, also, another um, another variable within the workplace that is important to women is remote and telework. Are you giving, are you providing women with flexible work hours? Because a lot of women in the workplace are part of what is called the sandwich generation. And the sandwich generation is women who are in the point in their life where they're taking care of aging parents and they're also taking care of children and raising families. So our increased familial obligations impact and bleed into the workplace. So what sorts of opportunities are you are you offering your women as far as telework, working from home, working remotely? Um, are your hours flexible? Uh, so assessing, I would encourage you to assess your maternity leave policy. Um, and more and more companies uh, along the lines of that, more and more companies are offering benefits that include IVF or egg freezing for female employees that are delaying childbirth or are deciding to start families later on in life. So assessing these policies, practices, and procedures to ensure that they are um, attractive to your female employees and your prospective female employees is a great way to support the women that you have in your workplace. Lastly, I think it's important that women are supporting other women. Sometimes what I've found and just in talking with my close friends is sometimes as women we have this like crabs in a in a bucket or crabs in a barrel mentality where it's like there can only be one woman at the top and where we're not supporting other women. So I think that we also, as women, need to be supporting other women. I try to offer mentorship to other women when I can. I get um, in my LinkedIn inbox, I get sometimes I get a lot of questions about, you know, my journey and my trajectory as far as like my as in the DNI space. So how was I able to become a DNI practitioner? And for any of you listening who may have been one of the people who messaged me and asked me that question, I get so many messages about that that I do not have like the bandwidth to um, answer every single person and mentor every person that requests mentorship. However, I've been on a lot of podcasts where I share my journey and how I got into DNI. I've been on at least 10 podcasts in the last year where I talk about that. So I would encourage you to just follow me on social media. I share my podcast um, more so on Instagram. So my Instagram is in the show notes, but if you want to check out some of the podcasts I've been on where I do share my journey, and hopefully that can provide you with some guidance and support and mentorship, 
I would encourage you to check that out. I also talk about it on my YouTube channel, which I can leave that in the show notes for you as well. But um, we need to be as women supporting other women, and I try to provide resources and help as much as is feasible for me. So I think sharing the secrets to our success is important. Um, if we're looking to build a tribe of women that are strong and empowered and healthy and happy. So this concludes the episode. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I left out. All the resources I mentioned are in the show notes. Thank you all so, 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 so very much for listening. I love you all for um, sharing. There's been a lot of people who've shared it on LinkedIn and on social media. And I read every comment and every message regarding the, the podcast, and I really appreciate it. Oh, lastly, one thing I wanted to mention again is if you have any diversity, equity, and inclusion-related questions that you wanted me to answer in a future episode, be sure to email me at dirtydiversitypodcast.com at gmail.com. Again, my social media handles are in the show notes. I would encourage you to connect with me on there. I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn the most. So, um, you know, connect with me on there and we can chat more about all things diversity, equity, and inclusion. Have a wonderful week, you all. Happy March, birthday month, birthday season, Aries season. (laughs) So shout out to all my March babies out there and my Aries people out there. And um, I will check y'all out in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening.